you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. What up, what up? This is your boy Rob Clark welcoming you to the 22 November Network. Get ready for another exciting edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast featuring me. That's right, your boy Rob Clark coming at you. Stay tuned. Be right there. Hello everybody, welcome to the show, this is your boy Rob Clark, this is the Lone Gunman Podcast, thank you guys for tuning back in, and today a special treat, uh, we take the challenge, me and my guests, Mr. Carmine Savastano, take Richard Sharnin's, do you believe Billy Lovelady was in the doorway challenge, and we kill it, it's a good one people, you don't want to miss it, stay tuned, um, also, People can check Carmine out at tpaak.com. That stands for Two Princes and a King. Uh, his book, upcoming book. And there's a blog there. There's really good articles. So everybody go check it out. Uh, show Carmine some love. And enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Clark back on the Lone Gummin Podcast, episode number 58. Today, I have a returning guest to the show, Mr. Carmine Savastano. How you doing, Carmine? Pretty good, Rob. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. And for those of you who didn't hear Carmine the first time, go back and listen to him before. Uh, you got a website out there, tpac.com. TPAAK.com. He's hopefully going to be having a book out later this year or whenever he gets it out, right? Yep, I promise. <laughs> Two, pr- <Lots> yeah. <laughs> Two Princes and a King is coming. We promise you. Now, I wanted to have, uh, well, I was going to have Carmine on the show anyway today uh, to talk about something totally different, but uh, I couldn't think of a better guy <laughs> to help me. D- <laughs> 
to help me do what I wanted to do today. Because I made a promise to a fellow JFK researcher. A, uh, well, if you want to call, yeah. Not a fellow, not a researcher. True, true. Uh, <laughs> and we're talking about somebody out there. He has a book. Uh, what's it called, Carmine? JFK, the... Okay, yes, we are talking about one, Mr. Tricky Dick Sharnan. That's Richard, Uncle Richard Sharnan. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> beep, beep, Richie. <laughs> beep, beep, <laughs> and that's only going to be funny to people out there who've seen Stephen King's It. Um, and my personal favorite, don't, don't squeeze the Sharnan, because he might bite you. Um, <laughs> now the reason, and and you know what, Richard Sharnan asked for this. He's been asking for this for months, but he really, really, really asked for it uh, yesterday. He wanted us to examine a couple of his articles and point by point go through them. And refute them. Okay? So, that's what me and Carmine are going to do today. We're going to take you... <laughs> we're going to take you through a couple of uh, Uncle, Uncle Richard's articles, uh, specifically pertaining to uh, Oswald in the Doorway, um, Judith Baker's shirt analysis, and uh, what else we got, Carmine? Oh, we'll definitely get to it. <laughs> All right. Yes, Richard, you mind if I give a little recap of Richard? You go right ahead. I met Richard months ago when I first tried to ask Judith Baker questions and was quickly subject to his vulgar and usual words. <laughs> well, that sounds about uh, par for everybody in the OIC. Yeah, and as time went on, he got more and more hostile. And I just kept asking for evidence, and the more I asked for evidence, the more hostile he got. Well, so that, eventually I tired of him and blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like everybody in the OIC. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Everybody in the OIC and everybody connected to Baker. <laughs> exactly. Are you still uh, there? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I was, uh... Yeah, so... You know, all that, I just saw him kept being abusive to people, so as you know, I just tell jokes. I'll, if someone wants to act like a fool, I'm more than happy to help them. Oh, no doubt. Well, he doesn't need much help, so. <laughs> he does quite well on his own. Well, what blows my mind, too, is in the description on Amazon, he even talks about how he has three degrees in applied mathematics. So, mathematics is based on, based on proofs. He has no proof. Right. So how, you know what I mean? He's not even following the laws of mathematics. It's not like, you know, Einstein went into a room and just guessed the theory of relativity. He had to have proofs yeah. to prove that 
the theory of relativity. And, and a lot of what he he relies on is not proof. It's, and as you'll see here in a minute, okay? Yeah, it's all speculation. Yeah. So let's, I'll, I'll, I'll lead us down here through this first article, Carmine, okay? Sure. It's from uh, Richard Charnin's blog, which you can oh, find, please, and everybody can find. Date. I'll look at it. <laughs> it's richardcharnin.wordpress.com. And uh, this article is entitled, To Believe Oswald Was Not Standing in Front of the TSBD, You Must Believe That! Dot, dot, dot. Now, in mo- most of Sharnan's so-called blog posts, you won't find a, a healthy paragraph-filled narrative, a cohesive story, if you will. He likes to write in the bullet point style. So that is how we're going to address this. Now, he writes, To believe Oswald was not standing in front of the TSBD at 1230, okay, which he assumes is a given. Okay, but for everybody out there who does not believe that Oswald was standing in front of the TSBD at 1230, then he says we Rob, must believe... Rob, you're cutting up a little. Am I? Yeah. Hang on just one second. Sorry about that. We were breaking up there a little bit. Um, what I was saying is to believe Oswald was not standing in front of the TSB, then you must believe all of the following is what he says. So the first one he points to is that Oswald was on the sixth floor or somewhere else inside the TSBD. So we must believe that Oswald was in the sixth was on the sixth floor or somewhere else in the Texas School Book Depository. Which I do. How about you, Carmine? Yep, me too, considering Oswald said it himself that he was in the building. Right, and he was seen by many people in the building, right? Yep. By no one outside the building. No one. Outside Not the building. a single witness. Before the assassination. Yeah. Okay, so we believe that. So we're doing good. We're one for one, okay? Number two, unlike his fellow employees, Oswald had no interest in viewing the motorcade. More no. speculation, because apparently Richard Charnin has a crystal ball that sees inside of Oswald's thoughts. Right. I mean, we can, we can agree that Oswald wasn't outside watching the parade, however. Um, So therefore, he might not have had an interest in it, or he might have been told to keep his ass inside. Yeah. Or he might have been up on the sixth floor shooting. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they wanted him inside so that there wouldn't be a reliable alibi. Right. So we, we, we can't rule out, you know, any of those things, but we're two for two. So we can believe that. Okay? Yep. Number three. He says, Oswald lied to Detective Fritz Fritz, when he said he was out with Bill Shelley in front. Now, this is one of my personal favorites, Carmine. This is one thing that the idiots in the Oswald Innocence Campaign like to point to as proof that that Lee Oswald told Fritz that he was out with Bill Bill Shelley in front. Okay? The problem with that statement is that it doesn't say that Oswald said he was out front with Bill Shelley. Okay, it's an ominous clip, short clip of six words. 
out with Belshazzar in front. And it's written separately than when he was questioning him as to his whereabouts, you know, at the time of the shooting. Nice. So we don't know the question okay. asked as pertaining to that statement. It could have been, where were the rest of your co-workers? Out with Bill Shelley in front? Nice, exactly. So they're just totally misreading it, just like Mark Lane misreads the Mauser document. Right. You know, it's one of those questions that we, or one of the answers that we don't know the question that was asked. But they attribute it to Oswald, saying that that's where he was. Uh, It's just an ominous six-word statement, out with Bell Shelley in front. Yeah, no, that's awesome that you you know that. I did not know that. I always assumed that was the case, that it wasn't accurate. But I I didn't even want to waste time going into it because all the witnesses said he wasn't there. Right, yeah, but I just figured we'd uh, hit on it just because... Oh, that's great that you did it. I'm saying personally I just wouldn't, you know what I mean? I've argued with some of these people for so long. I just, I'm not interested in what they have to say anymore. (laughs) Right. Well, I promised Richard Charn and we would refute this some bitch point by point, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So... Well, I'm sorry, you were saying? That that is the first thing, or or actually one of the things that that, that they rely on as part of their proof that Oswald was out front. That statement, yep. Fritz's notes, and I'm here to tell you, it's an ominous statement. It's not in anybody else's notes other than Fritz's, you know, because we have uh, we have Hosty's notes, uh, Harry Holmes, who else? Oh yeah, no, no, tons of people's, yeah, all the, and and well, you've also got. Um, I hope you don't mind if I do a little plug on one of our friends. No, go ahead. Chuck Ocelli, the blind JFK researcher, was telling me about, he's done interviews with over 50 of the DPD officers, and they talked about how one of them would write reports for everybody. So it wasn't even always the same people who knew what the hell was going on. It could have been the last guy at the scene to write the report. Right, and the the other thing about Fritz's notes is that they were not written at the time of the interrogation. Let me say that one more time for everybody. They were not written at the time of the interrogation. So they, best guess. They were written three days later, okay, after Fritz was informed that there was going to be a, you know, a government investigation. So he wanted to at least get his thoughts down on paper while he they were still somewhat fresh in his mind. But if you, Fritz's notes are not anywhere near... Uh, chronological so once again this adds to the fact that this statement uh, out with Bill Bill Shelley in front is just an ominous standalone meaningless statement no connection necessarily to anything about Oswald's location no doesn't mean anything it could have been where was Billy Lovelady out with Bill Shelley in front where was Roy Truly the building superintendent out with Bill Shelley in front where's Dilly Plaza with Bill Shelley in front. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, <laughs> where, could have been anything. where's the guy that brought you to work? Out with, <laughs> out with Bill Shelley in front. Exactly. You, you know, it could have been a thousand questions. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. Well, I was trying to explain yesterday. I was debating with some people, and I tried to about this very subject. Well, about a similar subject of Oswald being in the doorway, another permutation of this argument. And. I tried to tell them, the evidence dictates the story. The story does not conform to the evidence. 
You know what I mean? The, the evidence isn't supposed to help your story. You're supposed to follow it to come up with the story. Exactly. Yeah, so what I, I, you know, I've gotten into this argument many times with other people on these permutation theories of the Oswald in the doorway with all their different names. But the bottom line is, is that they all have a story and they try to force the evidence into it instead of doing what you're supposed to, which is let the evidence dictate the narrative. Exactly. If we follow the evidence, it will lead us to where we want to go. Like David Joseph always says, the evidence is the conspiracy. Yeah, all the polls, all the people, you know, it's one of the things that kills me about people is they say they won't believe any of the official evidence because it's all tainted, and that's impossible. They didn't have time. There's 10 million files or more. They, they, if they would have spent the whole time changing files from then till now, they still wouldn't be done. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's move on to number four here. So that's, that's three of his points that we... Uh, well, we in reason. Yeah. <laughs> Two we agree with. His pro- his third one has pro- is a, is a problem all into itself because he says Oswald lied to Detective Fritz when he said he was out, out front with Bill Shelley, which is a bullshit statement. So we'll disregard number three. So number four, Oswald lied even though he had an alibi of being seen on the second floor by TSBD manager Roy Truly and policeman Marion Baker at 1231. That seems early to me. Yeah, and we know that there's multiple versions. So once again, Richard's guessing. Right. You know, we don't have a clear-cut timeline. That's where my big thing, as far as nailing them on the 72 hours, comes in. The commission never set up a proper timeline so they didn't realize they had put too much on all these people to do in too short a time. Right, and he's also assuming, like he starts it out with, Oswald lied, even though he had an alibi of being seen on the second floor. He, you know, yep. the, he, he's writing this from the assumption that he was outside. So this this is another bullshit statement. I, this is what I'm talking about about his stupid writing style. He can't. He, he must not be capable of writing like a paragraph or a story. These is bullet point crap that you'll see through this thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, he writes like a mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something f- funny, but I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> a bad mathematician with a different word than bad. Well, no, I was going to say, he writes like a ma- mathematician and looks like something else, but I'll, I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no need. Let him let him do those things. We'll just destroy the bad ideas. I'm trying to be good, Carmine. I'm really trying. You're doing great, man. I understand. No, I, hey, there's all sorts of words I would love to call him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. All right, let's plow through this thing. Number five, Fritz's notes of his Oswald interview were hidden hidden until 1993 due to poor record keeping. Right. Or were they classified? <laughs> I don't even know the answer to this question because I I thought they were classified until the AARB uh, the, or the JFK Records Act. Maybe that's what he meant. Classified, not hit. Well, you know, come on. He writes like a mathematician. 
Well, here's his excuse. Number six, Fritz's notes were not revealed by the Warren Commission due to an administrative oversight. Um, I've never heard of that. You never know, I guess. Uh, administrative oversight? I would imagine suppression is more likely. But Yeah, well, we must believe that if we don't believe Oswald was in the doorway. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which, once again, has nothing to do with anything. No. You know what I mean? He's just guessing off of the bad notes again. Yeah. Uh, number seven, the fact that no one claimed to have seen Oswald in front proves he was not there. <laughs> no shit. I agree with that one. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Well, I think he's... But I think that he's not actually saying that. I think he's suggesting that... It, it proved that Oswald wasn't there. He's being... I, I just... That seems to support that he wasn't there, wouldn't you say? I don't... Right, well, this is a fact that we must believe if we don't think that... This is what I'm saying about his stupid writing style. It's it's horrible. Um, so, yeah, we believe that. The fact that no one claimed to have seen Oswald in front proves he was not there unless he was wearing freaking Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Exactly. You know... Well, and with, with Richard, I assume he's going to say that they were all lies, all the witness statements were lies. But once again, he has no proof for any of that. Neither do the people that try to claim Oswald was there. They, no. They're not arguing because of the evidence they have. They're arguing in spite of none of the evidence they have. Well, here's the thing, Carmine. In 50 freaking years, okay, not one of them people out on the stairway or out on the stairs that day have ever admitted to seeing Oswald out there and either to the Warren Commission, the HSCA, or hundreds of researchers independently questioning them on the fact for 50 years. Exactly. It might, it might be time to admit they weren't lying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, bro. I, uh, yeah, it's the same thing that the commission did with the Grassy Knoll witnesses, except in reverse. These people don't want to believe the official witnesses because it doesn't work with their story. The commission didn't want to believe the grassy knoll witnesses because it didn't work with their story. (laughs) Right. Well, here's one that his next one ties in with this. Number eight, the Warren Commission would would have allowed testimony that Oswald was in front. They Um, wouldn't allow it. They would. No, these are statements that we must believe if we don't believe that, that Oswald was in the doorway. I, like I said, this is just the way he's written. This is retarded, but um, hey, that's mentally challenged. Yeah, that, <laughs> you got that right. Um, so the Warren Commission, basically, either way, can he's he's saying they wouldn't have allowed testimony that Oswald was in front is what he's saying, and we have once again, there's no evidence at all of that. Yeah, well, no, and you know what, it's not, that I suppose of all of his ridiculous claims isn't that far out of the realm of possibility that they might have suppressed things, but they're not going to go systematically one by one and change all of that. I mean, somebody would have complained, right? Right, I mean, we do have instances of that, you know, with like Vicki Adams and and stuff like that, but um, it had nothing to do with him being in the doorway, it had to do with the, the whole timing aspect of things, you know? Well, and my thing, too, you know, this isn't conclusive evidence, this is just my opinion, but I think it's a fairly strong, well-founded opinion. Um, If he was involved in a plot, whether it was him alone or him with conspirators, 
He's got to be in the building. <laughs> right. How about that? How about, how about that kind of ruins everything? <laughs> so yeah. the minimum requirement is that he's in the building. Right. Exactly. Um, nine. The goal of the commission was to determine the truth and not to convict Oswald. Right, or make it look like Oswald did it. Yeah, because he was the well, and you know the commission and its supporters never loved to mention Jack Doherty, that he was in the exact same area. The army trained Jack Doherty, who was supposedly had emotional problems. Yeah. Yep, and uh, Eddie Piper is unaccounted for too. Yep, there was two other guys too, uh, an older gentleman in his office and a guy eating his lunch downstairs. Yep. And uh, here's my personal favorite, Carmine. Number 10, faces and the Alchin 6 photo were accidentally blotted out during photo processing. Now, of course, this is not true. This is what we, this is what, this is what we must believe, okay, if we don't believe that Oswald was in the doorway. So he's alleging that, that um, Alchin 6 was... Uh, altered and faces were blotted out and grafted on different people, much as Sinke and Hook have, uh, you know, and Fetzer love to point out that they think that the Auction Six was altered. Despite not one, well, there is one, but he doesn't agree with them. One photo expert, not one photographic expert has come out and backed their theory. And the, oh. only, the only one that's even really looked at this part of the photo um, really, really hard is Robert Groden, who determined that it was authentic and not tra- tampered with. Which is ironic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's that. But, they, you know, they allege that there's a an obfuscated man, a blacked out man, uh, you know, yeah, black dog man, whole man, all those other crazy yeah, man names that a, people like a to white slap out onto man. an image they can't see. Yeah, and like like their obfuscated man is this guy in the white shirt who clearly to me has his freaking elbow pointed at the camera and his hand up, uh, you know, over on his forehead to shield his eyes from the sun. Uh-huh. He's not whited out, okay? He's just not. There's absolutely... There's absolutely no proof. I'm sorry, you were saying? Um, there's, there's just... They can allege whatever they want to allege, but without yeah. proof that this photo has been tampered, without proof that there was time to tamper it, um, they got nothing. It's meaningless. It's meaningless. Yep. And that's the problem with so many of their ideas in regard to this. They can't... You know, people tell me that I, I should look at these pictures and I'm not a photographic expert so one that's one reason why I shouldn't look at these pictures another reason is they're not originals so they're just guessing off of the best copy they could find on the internet so it, you know someone could have altered it nobody knows that you know in another case in one instance I know that some people like to use a picture that was proven to have been uh, you know not altered trying to make other things look in it but it was a splicing of different films by Groden. Right. So it's not an original. You can't you can't use it as the basis 
for accurate evidence. Right. I think even there's a Pruder film they showed on uh, Geraldo Rivera was spliced with bits of the Knicks film. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, yeah. If I remember, um, right? I heard Zach talking about that. Zach, Zach Gendro, excellent researcher also at Neapolis Media Group with Trish Fleming. <laughs> yep. And he actually has archival photographic experience. He's matched people's faces, so he knows what he's talking about. This isn't just him guessing, like, oh, I don't know, Richard. <laughs> right. And I'm no photographic expert either, but I'll tell you what. I can see. I can see with my own two eyes that God gave me in my head and <clears throat> I see no proof whatsoever this photo was altered in any way whatsoever yeah. um, if what they're alleging is true then this photo would look like a murder scene with all the splices and uh, you know photoshopping yeah. done and you gotta remember this is 1963 people 50 years ago they didn't have sophisticated uh you know, Photoshop techniques, they would have had to cut and paste and, and just crudely blot things out, and, and it would look like shit. If, yeah. And, and it doesn't. Yeah, no, and my biggest problem with all of the photographic claims, too, is the need. It's kind of like with Richard and his list. There's no need to kill so many unimportant people. You only kill the ones you have to. Same with the photos. You only alter the ones you have to. You don't need to alter everything. It doesn't make any sense. It's a waste of time. Right. Um, and the, the problem with this photo is we're looking at a very, very small portion of a much, much larger photo. We're looking at the background, okay, not the focus of the photo. The limousine was the focus of the photo. The background is therefore going to be a little blurry. And Gruden cleaned it up a little bit, um, this doorway area and it's what we call the Groden scan and it's probably the clearest area but once again we don't know what Groden actually did to the photo to bring all these details out um so and it, you know yeah. if, if Groden was truly trying to you know he, he's big for Oswald Innocence so if he would have done anything to this photo he would have made that doorway guy look like Lee Oswald which he does not it's clearly to me you know, Billy Lovelady. I mean, he, they allege, you know, oh, no, this guy's wearing a, uh, a t- uh, what do they call it, a V-neck T-shirt, um, you know, and then they try to point to the, later in, when Oswald's in custody, his T-shirt is is a V-neck. Well, no, it's not. It's a round neck that's been tugged on all the shit uh, after his arrest. You know, a lot of times when a prisoner's handcuffed, they lead him around by whatever they can. They might grab him by his shirt and pull him around or his arm. You know, there was a scuffle. That T-shirt and his mugshot is ripped at the seams uh, on his neck. If you look at his shoulder neckline, that T-shirt is ripped. Um, you know, it's just dumb stuff like that. He, like They swear they can see a freaking buttonhole on here, Carmine. I know. They say that, well, it, you ever seen the movie Mallrats? Yeah. <laughs> you remember the guy that was trying to find the boat? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're staring at a picture so long, they're starting to see things. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, they want to believe it so bad that that is Lee Oswald in that doorway. Because yeah. it, it, that's it. The case is solved yeah. for them. It's, everything's tied up in a nicely neat little bow. They, they got their conspiracy. You know, they've no. got their proof. 
They got their I evidence. I just wish they would take their ideas and go be quiet about it. Yeah. But no, these guys, all these guys that we're speaking of here, including Richard Sharnan, pound this stuff in these groups day after day after day, group after group after group. And they argue, and they're nasty, nasty people. Yeah. God yeah, help they're just, to- they're just totally unreasonable. They have no proof. They just want to sell it. That's all this is. It's a myth they want to sell. And they will do whatever they have to do to do that. Yeah, and there is no reasoning with them whatsoever. They're right, no. you're wrong, and that's the end of the discussion. You know. Well, and I wish they would just save us all the discussion. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you figured it out. They think they're right. We know they're wrong. Next. <laughs> exactly. Same with the lone nutters. If you think you got it figured out, then move on with your life, people. You know. Exactly. <laughs> the only reason to argue is because they know they don't. Right. You know, that's the bottom line. If you've got the evidence, you don't have to complain. And that's why they complain. They don't have any evidence. Right. Number 11, Judith Baker's pixelation analysis of Doorman's shirt, which proved that Oswald was Doorman, is junk science. I agree with that one. Me too. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's in his method, so he's saying, of course it isn't. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, it It is. is. It's junk science at its best. Yeah, it's the definition of junk science. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll, I'll put this in a neat little nutshell, and then we can move on from this, because I don't think it deserves much time, but we're supposed to believe, Carmine, that a 70-year-old lady who is blind as a bat... Who admittedly has eye problems and types in caps so that she can see. Yes. Um, enlarged digital photos of... Uh, <laughs> now... <laughs> I'm sorry, Carmine. Are there pixel pixels in digital photos? Well, there I'm are. being a photographic expert, I don't know the answer to that, but I will tell you this. In order for her to do that, she needs training, and I'd like to see her degree. Right. Well, I just remember what I was going to say. The original photographs weren't digital. Okay? No, they were regular. They were created through a process of emulsion. Um. There were no pixels of the original photographs. Now, as time goes on, they get digitized and moved into moved into computers, and uh, they they do have pixels then. Okay, but the originals were not pixelated. So what she's analyzing is meaningless, basically. It's not an original. Yep. Um, Just like China and the other photo. Yeah, you're you're enlarging a blur and then attributing horseshit to it. Basically, yeah, she's, playing, she's playing connect the dots and calling it science. Yeah, this is exactly what Sharna said it was junk science, meaningless. It's what we have to believe. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Okay, lovely. Uh, please. Lo- <laughs> Love lady lied to the Warren Commission when he said that he sat down to eat lunch on the steps in front of Bill Shelley and stayed on the steps. And that Buell Frazier lied on five occasions from 63 to 86 when he said Lovelady was standing a few steps below him. Uh, to the Dallas, P- Dallas PD, the Warren Commission, the Shaw trial, the HSCA, and the Oswald mock trial. Now, here is what I will tell you. That if it was me, 
standing outside that TSBD. Um, I don't think that I would be standing on one step in particular for multiple, multiple minutes, you know, even half an hour. You're going to move around a little bit. You're going to, you might go down a couple steps and talk to somebody. You might turn around and go back yeah. up. You might, uh, you well, know. yeah, there's going to be some sort of interaction. I, you know, I've gotten into the same argument once again with these people who want to say that the witnesses, he was there, but the witnesses didn't see him. No, that's not the way it works. People turn their heads. When gunshots go off, people look. Yeah. You know, people, they didn't just stand stock still, staring straight ahead, looking nowhere around them. Right. They're out there with their friends. They're going to be talking to people around them. They're going to be looking around, waiting for the president. You know, they're not just going to stand there like statues fixated on the, on Elm Street. Exactly. You know? I, so, once again, they have to make a huge leap yeah. for their story. And, you know, what... Shots, you know, as shots ring out, you know, it's a very traumatic, uh, shocking experience for people to to go through. You're not yeah. going to remember what freaking step you're standing on twenty years later. You know, you yeah. might you well, might have five different answers. answers. I'm sorry, you were saying. I was just saying you might have five different answers throughout the years. You know, because of where the prosecutors are are leading your questioning. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say that. I- I used to live in Detroit, and I've been around when gunshots go off. You look around. <laughs> you don't just stand there. Right, and you don't you remember... You see where the bullets are coming from. Yeah, you, and you don't remember exactly what crack on the sidewalk you're standing on. You know, it's yeah. it's not something you that you're trained to think about, you know, exactly which step was I standing on, exactly in what position on these stairs was I standing on. And I'm yeah. sure people were sitting down at times, waiting. You know, it gets tiring stand, standing for a long time, not moving. Well, yeah, and it's not... Uh, people, you know, I want to be clear on my uh, my dis- my prior comment about uh, the gunfire. It wasn't far away gunfire. It was across the street, someone shooting at someone else. So I looked. I looked around. I wanted to see what was going on. And I assumed that that would be a normal, natural reaction of people when gunfire goes off near them. Right. And I know everybody else will have heard this by now, but you haven't heard it. And it's something I was telling uh, Steve Rowe uh, last week when I had him on the show. And I was telling him that I really didn't realize how unreliable eyewitness testimony is. Um, Until I watched this this show, I saw this show where they had 12 people like as a jury and they showed them a maybe 10 second video. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was a street scene. You know, there's all kinds of things going on. People walking by, uh, people doing different things in the video. And they even told these people that they need to pay attention to what's going on in the video because they're going to be asked about it. So, and they asked them, of course, right after they watched the video, and you had all kinds of people getting things wrong. And they had just watched it, and they knew they were supposed to be watching it to remember certain things, which blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think in some instances, if it's a fairly clear narrative, and most of the witnesses agree, then it's fairly reliable. It's just when they get in all different directions, like you were saying. You know, you got, first of all, it's all subjective. It's all from the person's point of view. Then you got to add in 
you know, gunshots and anything else, then it's all going to slow down for some people. Certain people are going to hear different things, and you're going to get a bunch of different versions. My biggest problem with the commission report is they say that, and that is reasonable in some instances, but they only apply it to the witnesses that don't agree with their premise. They never apply it to all their witnesses. Right. If it hurt all, if it hurts one witness, it hurts them all. Right, and, and, and it makes me want to just throw out everything. <laughs> I mean, I know I realize you can't do that, but when I when I saw this show, Carmine, I was I was literally was blown away how wrong people were when it came to who was doing what, what what they were wearing, uh, what color of things they were wearing, and oh yeah, well Zach was talking about how in one case when he was uh, doing archival work, he actually proved that there was a photo from a family member of a person who had met the person in, on the photo and they had wrote the wrong name on the back. Yeah. So they knew this person in life and they still got the name wrong. Yeah. I mean, you can't here. I would put more stock in a person recounting what they had did or been through than what they actually saw or heard. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, I, I agree with, that's why I stick to the files, because the files can't be subjective like that. It says what it says. People can get different ideas, as we know, but if you read them rationally and in a linear narrative, they're pretty straightforward. Right, because even with, with witnesses that were 10 feet away, like Bill Newman, you know, he said that, that JFK stood up in his seat and, his, and the side of his head was blown off. Yep, you had people, uh, Chuck Ocelli was telling me about how you have people saying that they saw it live on TV, and there's no way that happened. Right. So, you know, even people that are 10 feet away can get things wrong. Yep. You know, and we're supposed to put all this faith and all this other eyewitness testimony, and I have for years, and now I'm just, it makes me question everything. That's good, though. I mean, doubt, people get mad at me for having questions, but that's what's going to lead us to the truth, doubt. We have to doubt everything that doesn't stand up. And if that means throwing stuff out, that means throwing stuff out. Exactly. All right, let's move through the rest of these because this is a damn boring-ass article here. <laughs> I, well, that's why we went off topic to talk about something interesting. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen, since Doorman looks like a love lady, therefore it must be him. <laughs> that sounds about right, doesn't it? Uh, well, you know, if something looks like something, that is a good indication. You know, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Yeah, it must be a duck, and it must be wearing a that duck must be wearing a flannel ass shirt. <laughs> Sixteen. Quack quack. <laughs> quack quack. Beep beep, Richie. The fact that Doorman's shirt matched Oswald's is just a coincidence. Now, it didn't. It did not match Oswald's, as we know. And here's something else I like to point out, Carmine. Not one person ever in the history of the world has ever put Lee Oswald in that ugly-ass orangey-brown shirt at the Texas School Book Depository that morning. Ever. Not to mention that in Fritz's notes, as people like to so point out this Bill Shelley crap, it states twice in those notes that Oswald went home and changed his clothes, trousers, and shirt before he left to go to the theater. So therefore, even if he was wearing the ugly ass shirt, 
He couldn't have been wearing it because he changed his shirt when he got home into the brown, ugly-ass orange shirt that Judy supposedly supposedly bought him in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, boy. You want to get started on that, huh? <laughs> I, just had, I, just, I, I just had to throw just that like in he, there. Just like he bought her that green glass that you can't prove. Yeah. Or that blouse. <laughs> now, here's one they love to point to also. Uh, the lovely said that he was wearing a vertically striped red and white shirt that did not match the one he was wearing in the auctions. Okay, which is actually true. He did. Yeah, we know the FBI screwed up. Yes, the FBI screwed up, and this was cleared up in 1967 by Tank Thompson. Okay, in six seconds in Dallas where he interviewed Billy Lovelady, and Billy Lovelady cleared it up. This is what it was. He told the F... Ah, you're breaking up, Rob. All right, let me, uh, let me pause it here. You want me to tell you when that happens, right? (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. Okay. All right, we're back on, uh, this, this shirt. Okay, he didn't tell the FBI that that's what he was wearing that day. That's what he happened to be wearing when they picked him up and brought him down. They didn't specifically tell him to You're wear to wear the same shirt that he was wearing, um, you know, that day in Dallas. Number twenty, Oswald cannot be doorman since it was decided long ago that Lovelady was doorman. And of course, Carmine, as we know, these idiots aren't the first one to bring up or suppose that it's Oswald in the photo. I mean, this was done as early as, uh, what, 64, 65? Well, even the Warren Commission had a question about it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a lot of people going with this, and, of course, when we get to it, going with the list. Yeah, the list. Um, let's hurry up and get there. So let's pl- plow through here. Um the Alton 6 photo and the Zapruder film were not altered, and the photos of Oswald standing in the backyard were not fakes. And here he's lumping in various film and video evidence as if you don't believe one was altered, then none of them were altered. And if you, if you believe they're all, one, one is authentic, then they all must be authentic, right? Yep. A false analogy. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the list. Uh, one of many. T- 23, and we're almost done. There's only one more after this. Uh, the visible portion of the cutout's face does not match Lovelady. <laughs> Which is just horse shit on, on his face. <laughs> uh, he, pro- he provides a gif, or jif, however you say it, that uh, I'm pretty sure Richard Hook did, where they, they move uh, an image of Oswald's face over top of Lovelady's face. You know, back and forth, and uh, of course, you know, they alleged that there was a, a, a somebody cut out Billy Lovelady's face and pasted it on Oswald's body. Yeah, okay, I think we've uh, beat that one to death. And the last one. Wow, well, if we hadn't Richard Wood. So. Yeah, and last but not least, did Officer Baker and Roy Truly encounter Oswald on the second floor? Maybe. <laughs> not in his first. Story, who the hell knows? 
he did not in his first affidavit, and he did on his second one. How, how's that for an answer? Yeah. But, of course, that would require Richard reading the affidavits. Exactly. And what, you know, and we it's not like we can ask him. Um, I did talk to uh, Barry Ernst, the author of uh, Shit. Girl Under the Stairs. Yeah, the girl on the stairs. I'm sorry. I had a brain fart there for a second about Victoria Adams. No problem. That's why I'm here, man. Yeah. I figure if one of one of us one of us ought to get all this stuff. Um, I asked him because he stated that in his book <clears throat> I think he went to the Texas School Book Depository in sixty six or sixty seven and he actually met Roy Truly and talked to Roy Truly and Roy Truly let him look around the building. And which he did not normally do back then, uh, but I guess Barry charmed him and talked him into letting him do that. And uh, I asked Barry what exactly was his impression of Roy Truly. Did he seem like an honest man? Uh, did he seem like he was hiding anything? Um, and from what he was telling me, Uh, truly didn't set off, set off any flags for him. But then I asked him, I said, were you looking for them at the time? Did you, w- would you have even suspected that, you know, what he had said to the Warren Commission might not be true? And he said, well, no, I wasn't really looking for that. I was just worried about trying to get in there and, and getting a look around, uh, you know, because at, at the time, you know, it wasn't a museum. It was still a functioning building, a business and uh, but I just thought I would ask him just to get his impression of Roy Truly as somebody that actually met him, you know. Yeah. You care if I say a little thing about Truly real quick? Go right ahead. It'll be in my book, but I found a document where Truly denies the FBI who wanted to check for more fingerprints in the area a couple of days after the assassination. So my question is, why would the FBI listen? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, you'd think they could do whatever the hell they wanted to do. Roy truly they be could. damned, you know. But they so actually why would they listen to some book manager. Well, they they had already had Oswald and Mac Wallace's fingerprints. I mean, what else did they need? Lloyd Factor, I, Ruth Ann Martinez. Yeah, that's another one I'm on today is Mac Wallace. <laughs> Oh, Malcolm Mack. Oh, man. You know, it's like, they're like, well, how could Darby have got it wrong? He was a licensed fingerprint expert. Okay, number one, no, he wasn't a licensed fingerprint expert. Not at the time. You know, he got it wrong because he used a photocopy, because he didn't have an original, kind of like these pictures. Yep. You know, it's a mistake. A lot of people, they want to defend them, and they want to saint these people. They're just people, all of them, whether it's Kennedy or Oswald. They're all just people. They make mistakes. Yeah, and they're all human. And, huh. you know, I'm still not even convinced, to be honest with you, Carmine, about anything. I mean, I've got theories. That's good, though. Have doubts. Doubts are good. I've, I've got theories. I've got a lot of different theories, you know, that I, that I, that I like to, um, you know, travel down those different roads and see where they lead me. And try to tie different things together, but you know, I'm still not 100% convinced that 
John Connolly wasn't the target. Yeah. That's not unreasonable. I've heard of that idea, and, you know, that does line up with some of the stuff and the hatred Oswald had for him. You know, that's, that's wholly possible, but I think, once again, that no matter who in the car was the target, there was more than one shooter, in my opinion, based on the evidence, or there was someone helping Oswald, because he doesn't have enough... The bottom line is he doesn't have enough time. He's no. got 24 to 48 hours to do everything, including come up with a motive. And motives take time. Right. And that was one of the things I brought up to Steve Rowe last week, Carmine. Um, oh, my. I talked to him about my 72 hours. <laughs> yeah. They didn't like that one when I brought it up. <laughs> well, I told him, I said, you know, I said, you know, I, I, I could I understand how he, how he uh, arrived at his conclusions. But I wanted to know what, because basic things you need for a murder is motive means an opportunity. And I wanted to know what Steve's impression, you know, of the, what he thought Oswald's motive could have been. Because we have no indication of him hating Kennedy that much. You know, and no, he, whatsoever. He didn't hate Kennedy. If you actually look at his words and discussions he had with people, he didn't hate him. He didn't revere him like some people try to say. But he didn't hate him. There, you know, it has to. There has to be a motive, and if Oswald doesn't have it, the motive must come from somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, and Steve didn't have one either, so... Neither did the commission. Right. So it's not Steve's fault, it's their fault. Right, I mean, you know, we both agree that, that um, if, you know, if, if Oswald was being set up as a patsy, he was made to look like a communist sympathizer, a Castro supporter, okay? Now... The commission, of course, didn't follow this path because they did not want to tie Lee Oswald to, to Castro or the communists for fear that it would start another war. You know, people would demand retribution for the slaying of their president. Yeah. Well, if you, if you looked into it, too, as you already know and I know, that he wasn't. He was never a member of any communist group. He didn't join the communists when he was over in Russia. He never went to a communist meeting. He pretended to be a communist. He pretended to be a Marxist. Even on his interview uh, that uh, I was talking to uh, Chuck about, on, uh, I think it was W... I can't remember what station it was, but he did that radio interview where he argued against Bringier. Oh, yeah. Or Bringier. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't even answer all the questions about the difference between communism and Marxism. He didn't even know what Marxism was. I know, I know. And it's, uh, you know, it's... It just it's it's all pieces to the puzzle, and you're trying to figure this shit out, and it, it's hard to do. Um, yeah, that's why I'm glad we can talk like this, and we can talk to other reasonable people, unlike Richard, who will bring other pieces of the puzzle that we can all put together. And sometimes, too, as I've mentioned to people, it's going to be different puzzles and different pieces. Maybe a lot of us have spent time trying to put the wrong pieces in the right puzzle. Yeah. You know, we, I don't. I don't think anybody has all the answers. Um, if we do, nope. then they would solve this case they by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if if the OIC and Fetzer and 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 Sinke and, and Hook and and Sharnan and all these other guys, Judy Baker, they have the they have the case figured out. Well, they can go on home now, okay? Because it's done. Yeah. I'm gonna write a book about that. But you know what? They're still there. They're still pushing their horseshit theory on everybody. And, and they change. Yeah, but they don't. They don't change, Carmine. Yeah, that's 
theories change, but they're the same. Same line, you know, same sell it. They're good salesmen, they're bad researchers. Yeah, and they're horrible people. I mean, well, and I say I, that. I gotta go with you on that on most of them. <laughs> and I say that from personal interaction with them because oh, yeah. if you don't believe them, you know, you're labeled as a, a, a Kennedy killer, blade, ba- bathing in Kennedy's blood, and all this other horrible nonsense. And while we're on the subject, Carmine. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in- inappropriate actions uh, on the part of certain researchers tied to this case. Let's point out. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit about uh, Ray, Ray, Ray. And I'm sure that's not his real name. Uh, well, no, of course, Howard. <laughs> so please fill in everybody on what what happened with that. Up. Oh, I'm sorry. Can uh, can you hear me? I, I I got you now. Can you hear me? A little. It's a little bit dicey still. Fucking Skype, man. Sorry. Can you pause? Hey, let me pause it. Yeah. So uh, this person. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Ray, Ray, Ray is a minion, as I like to call them. It's just my blanket term for anyone that likes to push Judith Baker's junk. And the word junk I use because I do not wish to offend anyone with the word that I really feel it is. Um, Ray, Ray, Ray started attempting to attack a researcher's children. To, I suppose in an attempt to discredit them uh, Greg Parker who is a researcher who I do not agree with and we don't get along very well but I will not abide people attacking children I don't care whose children they are and that was the line for me as far as Ray 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 goes I, had already, I already have enough reasons not to care for Baker and the myth makers and all of her minions but this is a special reason because it's it's just the line that has been crossed. And if any researcher now needs to start making a decision whether or not they're going to support her or whether they're going to support evidence and reason. Because all she has is a bunch of misanthropes attacking people because they have not a lick of evidence about anything. So all they can do is lie and attack people in the hopes that people will pay more attention to that than they will their whole fit. So to sum up my feelings about the whole matter with Baker and Ray 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 is that, well, she, another thing that annoys me about all of it is she said that when she was responding to another a researcher that I am a huge fan of, Frankie Vegas, uh, because Frankie brought this to the community so that it could be addressed before it got worse, and Judith said that Ray 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 was a recent ad which is not true because I have a list of her minions that I've had for months and he's on it so we can brush that aside then she said that she had warned him once before but was trying to be nice well then she knew that this was possible so she didn't warn everyone else like she should have and it's not an excuse I don't care if she doesn't get along with Greg Parker I don't get along with Greg Parker that's not an excuse to attack his children 
We're here to do research and we're here to be adults or you're here to act like children. And we know why they're here. So, Right. It's just deplorable behavior on anybody's part. But no matter what side you're on, leave people's personal lives out of it. You know, yeah, exactly. And that's not what we're doing here today. We're attacking uh, very public personas that people portray on Facebook. Uh, not their families, not their kids. Um, well, and, and to be honest, we're not attacking. We're saying the truth. Right. This is a refutation of... Yeah. And, and Richard Sharnan asked for it. So yeah. we're giving over it to him. Over. We're giving it to him. Now, yeah, he wanted attention. Congratulations. You yeah. have it. You want to be famous? We'll make you famous, son. Well, famous or infamous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Carmine, let's move on a little bit. Um, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the list. Oh, the list. Please do. Richard has this list <laughs> of supposedly what he calls... Over a hundred deaths, uh, it's like 122 or something, that he claims are all suspicious and all unnatural deaths. Now, in some cases, there were unnatural deaths, but they're not suspicious. So, let me start with Richard's List by telling you the inspiration for Richard's List. You can find the inspiration for Richard's List at Amazon.com. Reclaiming Science, the JFK Conspiracy, his book. You can go to his book description. And if I may, Rob, I'd like to read a little bit of it. Yes, go right ahead. When Richard Charnin saw the film Executive Action in 1973, he was astounded when the narrator disclosed that an actuary engaged by the London Sunday Times, London Sunday Times calculated a 1 in 100 trillion probability of 18 material JFK witness deaths in three years following the assassination. So, he got the idea from a movie. <laughs> An old-ass movie. A movie that uses a fake list at the end. It's not a real list. Those aren't all the real people. Right. It extrapolates off of a guess on the HSCA's 18 deaths. Now, if you... So, let's, let's just throw that out at the beginning. Basically, like somebody who thinks that JFK is a source, Richard acts like executive action was a source. So, now moving off of that, he then says that this actuary, he, he assumes that this actuary is reliable, and the actuary is unnamed. I've done research. There's no name. So if there's no name, there's no way to check this. It's an assumption of an assumption. Right. You know, to, to do what he's alleging, um, he would have to go back and investigate each death himself in depth. Indeed. And, Which we know he hasn't done because I've asked him multiple times. Right. And he won't produce a single coroner's report. And I don't mean just go back and read a coroner's report. I'm talking about actually investigating the circumstances and people involved with each of these deaths that he oh, yeah. that he deems suspicious. Yep, talk to the police that were involved in the case, talk to uh, the medical examiner, talk to the funeral director about any wounds that might have missed the medical examiner. He's done none of that. He's just guessed. 
and I have no, see, this is the thing. He's often tried to accuse me and others of trying to destroy his book and his, no, we're not trying to do that. We're try, we tried at the beginning to be nice and say, we think there's some problems. And he gave us the Richard special. So now guess what? We're not going to be nice anymore. Now we're going to show you why you're wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's no suspicious deaths whatsoever surrounding the assassination. No, I agree with a handful. But I just, 122 is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking people that barely, you know, farted next to somebody on the grassy knoll, uh, turning up dead 20 years later. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. I mean, just some of the connections. I I, I do want to go into that, but if I can, I I wanted to make sure we hammer this point home so he understands. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Not only is the movie not a valid source, but... Because the study isn't a valid source, none of the numbers are valid. He's going in guessing off of the assumption on what the numbers are. And he's doing it without even bringing evidence to prove that each of the deaths, like you said, was suspicious. Now, when people criticize, rightfully, his bad ideas, he just gets vulgar, obnoxious, and then starts making threats to them. So he's a waste of time. I, I tried for months to reach him, and he didn't want to be reached. And let me point out real quick for everybody that Richard is not the first one to do this. Uh, Craig Roberts did it. Jim Morris did it. Uh, Penn Jones did it. Mark Lane did it. Um, people have been trying. Fun. Yeah, people have been trying to extrapolate. You know, the odd number. And it keeps going up year after year, of course, of, of people dying that were had some kind of attachment to the case. But, um, you know, you can't, I mean, people die, you know, people die every day from different things. And, you know, at, at the most inopportune times and not everybody lives to see a ripe old age, you know, um, if, if this is truly what they were doing. Um, I would think that Buell Frazier would be dead by now. I would think that uh, Marina would be dead by now. I would think that Ruth Payne would be dead by now because these are the people closest to Oswald and knew him the best. Well, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, he just guesses on each one, like we said, without evidence. Uh, For instance, Jack Ruby died from cancer. It's not attributable to anything except cancer. There is no injectable cancer thing. He needs to get over that. JVB is wrong. The science didn't exist. Nobody was injecting other people with cancer. No, and and, and if you go back, and I'll, this is really easy for people, and I pointed out in the article that I wrote about Ruby, if you go back to his 19, I was either 54 or 57 mugshot and look at him, he is a he looks like the typical uh, goomba, you know, the typical yeah. mobster. He's got the thick neck, you know, he's got he's got healthy weight on him. Um and if you go to his uh, mugshot in 63, you, you can see he's starting to thin out more. Uh, he no longer has the thick neck. And then by 67, he's dead. Um, yeah. It's called natural progression, people. Exactly. You know, he would like, if, he, if he had cancer, he likely had had it for a while. Um, and, and if they were going to kill him, they would have done it right after. Why yeah. would you give him a chance to talk? There would have been no trial. Yeah, he would have went down like Oswald did. He had his chance to talk, and he didn't. Which means, likely, he didn't know anything. He knew enough 
to what he had to do, and that was it. Or he Just knew like the, to keep I'm sorry, it. You were saying? I was saying, and if he did know, he knew better than to open his mouth and say it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, maybe that visit from uh, the Campisi brother that came to see him in jail helped him make that decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Ruby still had people that he cared about on the outside. He had sisters and brothers, and God knows his what dog. else. <laughs> and his dogs. You know, he was compromisable. He could still yeah. be threatened, you know. It, hey, Jack, you say something, I'm going to kill your sister, you know. Yeah. Your brother, Earl Ruby, he was still alive. Yeah. You know, he was compromisable. So, you know, people that, people that complain about, uh, you know. Uh, hang on. You're, you're breaking up. So, if yeah, that, there was, go there ahead. was no, uh, I'm sorry, you were saying? No, go ahead. I was just going to say, there, there's no, you know, basis of thinking that his death was anything other than natural. Same thing with Guy Bannister. He had a heart attack. Unless Richard can get me a coroner's report and can produce a medical examiner's report that say it was something more than that, it's not. He's just guessing. Right, and I've heard the stories that he was supposedly shot in the back as well, but without the coroner's report, or a truthful coroner's report, um, we got nothing. Yeah, we're speculating. It's like we got a picture and we think we see someone. <laughs> yeah. How'd you like the bow I put on that? <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> so, same with David Ferry. I'm sorry to say. I know a lot of people want to say that he was killed, but that's not what the reports say. You know, it's he, he had a hyperactive condition and his adrenal gland or I can't remember I think it was a berry aneurysm something in his head went and he died and it's not from the JFK uh, explanation of him being dosed with a bunch of drugs those weren't found in his system you know it's it's possible it's just not likely and it can't be proven without evidence yeah I mean it, I've, I've even heard that the fairy had a and I, I don't even know where this comes from but uh that he had a mark in the top of his mouth, uh, I guess, where he was stabbed. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you hear different shit, you know, along the way, and it's it's, it's hard to, you know, even remember where you, you heard things sometimes. Yeah. Might- well, kind of like that actuary's report. Yeah. You know, Richard went off of it like it was the truth, and he can't even give me a name. I asked him for the name before, and he can't give it to me because there isn't one. Yeah, and God knows what kind of sexual diseases he had. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, Ferry, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, he was banging every smooth Latin boy within a 15-mile radius back then. Well, yeah, and as you know from <laughs> Omnipotent, he was recruited, so. Yeah. And then, then another one is uh, Mary Sherman, that, oh, Richard and JVB just love to talk about that one. Oh, my but God. But her death in a fire is unnatural. I will give Richard that. But it doesn't mean it has a connection to the Kennedy case. Not at all. It's just she died in a fire. So what? You know, they, he alleges that it was it was done with this high powered laser and, and oh boy, and this and that. He doesn't say that. Oh, you haven't heard this? No, I have never heard the Richard Charman laser story. Please. Oh, this is the Ed Haslam laser story. Oh, I'm sorry, the Ed Haslam. Well, okay, so they took has or as I like to call him. Hand slam. Yes. 
here, here it is. And for people out there that don't know either, I will relay this little story to you. Um, he states, of course, that her body was burnt in a very unnatural way. I think she was missing an arm even. Like it was to the point of being charred off of her body. And then that other parts of her body weren't burnt, such as her hair. And, uh, you know, the other side of her body was okay. And that he he uh, submits that it was done using a, a high-powered particle beam laser that was at the Oxner Clinic or Tulane. I can't remember which. Yeah, Tulane, yeah, the, the uh, place where Baker alleges that they were sent monkeys for the experiments, but she can't produce any evidence whatsoever or documentation. Right. So apparently he, he's saying that maybe she was tortured with this laser while she was still alive and that they brought her back to the apartment and then stabbed her. Um, Who did it, Goldfinger? I don't know. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Dr. Evil? I know. Don't you? It's, it's just an easily escapable death that's overly elaborate. What don't you understand? I know. But Haslam states that he went back to Tulane and he found the building that this laser was supposedly housed in and he found the uh, heavy-duty, heavy-gauge wiring that would have been necessary to house such a powerful particle beam weapon. Okay, but... No, he didn't even see the laser. He just saw a cage. No, he saw the wiring. <laughs> but there was no laser. No, no laser. So, we have no proof whatsoever. It, it could have been hooked up to a radio, for all we know. Right. And, you know, I saw, I've saw. i seen the pictures, um, the crime scene pictures. And, you know, they are very... I, I will say they're very unnatural looking about the way she's burnt. But, you know, to, to get to the particle beam laser doing it and is making a giant leap. I mean... Yeah, it, I thought you were kidding when you said no, that. I had no, 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 no. I really suggested that. But you know weird shit happens, Carmine. You know, um, and I'm not saying it's a real phenomenon, but the whole human uh, combustion theory. Yeah, or she just got burnt in the fire on the side that the fire was on and it went out. You know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't... There's so many simpler explanations than a particle beam. Yeah, you know, weird things happen. Like, you know, there's people that totally burn up ex- except, except for their feet. You know, they're untouched. Yeah. Uh, you know, just weird stuff happens, you know, if, you, if you're if you laying in, in bed or on a blanket or in a chair that yeah. catches on fire. I mean, it could have been a, you know, I know they don't want to admit this, but just as likely as a particle beam is she was smoking a cigarette and she fell asleep and it caught fire or... She was knocked unconscious, and there was a cigarette going, and it caught the place on fire. There's lots of explanations that don't require any sort of technology that didn't exist at the time. Right, and and you know I don't know because I I don't I haven't seen the uh, the coroner's report, but you know if she was stabbed, then of course that does lead you know to nefarious purposes. Oh uh, yeah, know, not just an accident per se, but. Um, once again, I'd have to see the coroner's report to see that there was stab wounds in, in addition yeah. to this burning. But Well, and if there is, why haven't they produced them? Exactly. That's my question. If they're so sure, then show us the evidence and you win. Well, here's the other evidence I want. I want the evidence tying Mary Sherman 
to this Looney Tunes crew trying to come up with a cure for cancer, or in, I mean, an accelerated form of cancer. That's what I want. I mean, that's a giant well, leap. Yeah, there is no evidence of that. Let, yeah. me, let me save you some time. <laughs> you know, Mary Sherman was supposed to be... I've been looking through evidence for years. Her name doesn't appear on a single document. No. I asked Judith for a document with her name on it, and she couldn't give it to me. So that answers the question. Exactly. So, you know, there's just more and more giant leaps there. But I I forget what we, we were talking about to get here. Yeah. Well, Ferry, I was going to make okay. another comment what you were saying about the, uh, it was the list. Because then we eventually got onto the laser. <laughs> yeah. Because I had never heard of the laser. But once again, another reason why none of the scientific things that she claimed feasibly ever occurred is because she didn't have the training necessary. Ferry didn't have the training necessary. Oswald didn't have the training necessary. And there's no way that they can ever, with evidence, link themselves to the people who did. And they couldn't have done it in Ferry's flophouse. You need a secure, sanitary, sterile environment to perform laboratory tests. It's yeah. wrong. She, she can't. She, she couldn't have done the things she claims. No, and like I pointed out in the Punch and Judy episode... There's no way in hell our government would have trusted the development of some biohazardous cancer weapon to a 19-year-old kid, a, you know... 22-year-old unemployed guy. <laughs> yeah, who, who uh, you know, supposedly was a traitor and defected to Russia, you know, uh, a flopped-out pedophile former pilot, you know, and, and Mary Sherman. I mean, no, they wouldn't. I, I could see that they would trust Mary Sherman, just none of the rest of them. <laughs> no, and the whole story of you know Ferry flying Oswald to uh, to Tennessee to get the uh, the radiated material that they needed to make this cancer soup. Yeah, it's, which once again requires licensing and training that they didn't have. It's a joke, a joke, yeah. a joke. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's all based on speculation and nothing more. Yep, no proof. Which is again what we're asking for them to provide. Now, if 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 tomorrow Carmine, and I'll say this confidently because I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, if someone were to produce a reasonable uh, piece of evidence or proof of any of their claims, and even if it's Oswald was in the damn doorway, if if Bill Fraser come out tomorrow and said, "I've been lying for fifty years." He was standing right next to me for at least a minute and a half out there. Then you know what? I'll say I was wrong. Exactly. Uh, and I will too, but that still doesn't prove their claims. That's just one person, and we know how wrong witnesses can be. Right. So they need some real evidence. Right. Just one person coming forward. You know, she had some people come forward, and as we know, they aren't the most reliable people. No, no. Anna Lewis is about the worst witness you could have. Yeah, and she and the stories aren't consistent ever. No, that that her little segment, video segment, was so filled with splices and edits and mistakes. It, it's laughable that they would. It's provide like someone that was trying proof. to learn a story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on now. Especially if she's sitting in the background. You know, let, let me pause the video real quick and tell you what to say. Yeah, witnesses don't get cue cards. No, no. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, it's it's the biggest joke, and these people just eat it up like it's it's solid gold evidence. Yep, that's a shame. I mean, it's it's 
You know, I would have loved to have been spared all these debates that I get into, but unfortunately, these people have been being sold this crap for so long. I know. Well, Carmine, we're nearing the end, my brother. Um, any last remarks you'd like to make at, at Richard or anybody else out there? Uh, here's your chance. Okay, well, what I would like to say to Richard and Judith and all of them that I debate with who have no evidence, get some or stop wasting our time. Well said. And, you know, if, 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 if their agenda is to provide a distraction from real, real research being done, I mean, God damn it, it's working. Because we, we, we were actually going to talk about real stuff today. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, we felt the well, need you know what, though? This to is do a real this. problem. So hopefully people will listen to this and think about it. Because yep. if we're going to get the real stuff done, we've got to clear the field of all this nonsense. And I'm going to plug some of your hard work right here, Carmine. Thanks, People, if you, if you are tired of the Judy Baker lies, her minions, uh, Sharnin and his lies and his minions, get at Carmine on Facebook. Send him a message. Say, hey, man, can you send me your block list? And all you have... <laughs> All you have to do, he'll be more than happy to send it to you. And if you're in the Garrison group, it's already there. All you got to do is download it. Um, if you want to shut these people out of your life, if you want to marginalize them right out of your awareness, Carmine has worked very hard to put together a list of people out there that do nothing but spread these lies, and it can make your life a whole hell of a lot better. <laughs> I, that's all I'm trying to do, man. I'm trying to raise our conversation above them. Yeah, and, and and people are trying to do it to Carmine because they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to be confronted. They don't want to have to answer the hard questions. So they block him. Okay, which is a bonus. That means I don't got to hear from him. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? They can't block Carmine. They can't block this audio because people are going to hear it I know they're going to hear it and uh, this is our message to you you know come with evidence or you have nothing you mean you know it means nothing it's just a distraction for people out there uh, interested in real JFK research and I promise you we're going to get back on track and I promise you this that Carmine will be back on the show and I promise you that we will be talking about real evidence in the case and uh i appreciate that rob hopefully we will be doing it real soon that's that's why i like coming back you're one of the few outlets for straight evidence where people can just talk about it they don't got to worry about hurting people's feelings it's a good thing that's right now i i, I do speculate a lot carmine <laughs> we, hey, you know what though we all do at least we're using evidence to make our ideas Exactly. It's the people that speculate without it that are the problem. Right. I mean, I like to have a speculation or an idea, but I'd like to be able to back it up with something concrete that, you know, hey, I can say, look, this is why I believe this. And, uh-huh. you know, you can choose whether to believe it or not, but here it is. This is something. Well, I'm not pulling this out of my ass and saying, you know, Judy Baker banged Lee Oswald in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, and that's 
that's the thing too is that you know I mean I don't expect people I know people aren't all as obsessive as I am and they're not going to have evidence for everything I don't expect that but have some don't just show up with nothing and think that people should believe you and that really shows in my opinion the difference between the good work and the bad work the good work shows itself to you and says what do you think the bad work shows itself to you and says you have to believe this right and you can you can get to a conclusion based on speculation um you know as long as it's based somewhat on a theory that 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 you can intelligently convey you, you, you understand what i'm saying like i can get i can get i can have a conclusion maybe not have any evidence but i can say look the, the reason i think this is because of what this guy said, what this document says, what that guy said, where this guy was, and what yeah. this testimony is. Hypothesis. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, right. You know, that's how all the good ideas eventually are developed from. Yeah, and you know, like with all good research, everybody out there should be open-minded enough to change their mind. Uh, you know, when new information comes up in the case. And it's going to, no matter what. There's always going to be some new piece of evidence someone finds, and then we have to adjust our ideas. Yep, that's why I would encourage everybody out there not to get hung up on these um, so-called set-in-stone theories that are out there, like like people seem to push, you know, like Oswald in the doorway, you know, and and this and that nonsense. Yeah. You're breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, so basically in summation, that is, that is our current view on, on uh, some of the research that is out there being done right now, if you want to call it research. And like I said, if you want to make your life easier, get a hold of Carmine, get his block list, and you can shut these people right out of your life, uh, at least on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As far as the forums, you got to deal with them until they get some good block features. <sighs> yeah, or some strong administrators that don't put up with nonsense. Yep. All right, Carmine, I think that'll do it for this week. Hopefully they like their answer. And... Uh, um, so yeah, well, I'll they'll hear it whether or not they'll like it we'll find out yeah well, since, since Sharnan blocked you I'll let you know <laughs> thanks <laughs> he, he hasn't blocked me yet but show some more evidence don't worry he will yeah well, maybe after this he will we'll see but anyway hey man thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me uh, I was going to do it anyway but hey, I figured hey I might as well get my buddy Carmine in on the fun I appreciate it, man. I've become, unfortunately, sort of an expert on Richard's methods. That's why I want you here. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on again, Carmine. I appreciate it. No, it's it's great to be here, man. Take care. Hey, we'll talk soon, okay? Real research, I promise. Indeed, sir. All right, hang on the line for me, everybody. This will do it for this episode. Uh, tell Richard Sharnan how much you enjoyed it. This is your boy Rob Clark on the Lone Gunman Podcast. Thank you, Carmine Savastano, for stopping by. This some bitch is in the can, beamed up to the satellite down directly to your ears, people. We do this for you. Peace.
You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt Bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt Bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only.